The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. We're going to spend about the next hour explaining to you why. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. I think we have to because I will say for the last especially week, and maybe it's not the people, maybe the people who I go back and forth with on Twitter are not the people listening to this. There's a lot of fucking dumb people out there. Like it's very easy for me to look around and go, this is why I'm successful and so many other people aren't because <laughs> critical thinking skills, strategy, just it eludes a lot of people. It does. It does. And I remember last year you were very down when a lot of people were up and now it seems like you may be a little up while other people are down. I'm very curious to see and we're going to go through everything, but I'm very curious to see you know, where you are with with optimism, because there were a lot of parts for me this offseason that were very disappointing, even though it's not over yet. Well, my thing has always been, as long as you're in the Yankee uniform, I'm cheering for you. I'm always, you know, I I think they should trade Aaron Judge. I've said a billion times. I wrote a long article on it, 1,400 words on why we should trade Aaron Judge, and I pop-a-docked everyone. I said, here are your arguments for why we should keep him. These are the only two I've ever heard, and it is he's good when he's healthy, and we've got the judges' chambers. And marketing's (laughs) great, but I've never seen a commercial win a World Series, even though I do think Empire State of Mind, the song, really did help in 2009. Oh, 100%. It played a little bit of a factor there. Um, So, like, I think we should trade Aaron Judge. I think we should not sign him to an extension. If we sign him to an extension, then, like, that's my guy for forever. Like, I want him to play good now so that people want to trade for him or so that he earns the extension and then, like, lives up to it by every sense of the word. So, overall, I view this as, like, spring has sprung. It's all possibilities now. When it gets halfway through the season, like it did last year, and it's like, oh, we're a 500 team and we're a bag of shit, (laughs) then you say we're a bag of shit because that's the the realistic, like, this team has shown what they are. Spring training, we haven't seen anything. 
it, it, according to like spring training, Severino, bag of shit, Cortez, Cy Young. But that's not the case. You know, you hope for the best for everyone because that's all we can do at this point is be optimistic about what we have um, and be excited to go to the games. And a lot of people are negative and opening day prices are going down on StubHub. I've got people already saying, like, hey, I've got these tickets. Like, if you want them for free for, like, other games, like, let's go, guys. Quit on the team. See if I give a care. It's funny, too. A lot of people that we interact with on Twitter, I think, don't go to games like we do. That could be they live across the country. I mean, there's this one guy I talk to all the time, uh, Tanner, and I think he lives in, like, North Dakota, South Dakota, something like that. But a lot of the people we talk to, you know, they go to one game, two games a year. For us, like, the a lot of that excitement comes to just going to the games, no matter how good the team's going to be. But a lot of people, you know, they just watch on TV. So it is different. That's actually, like, a really good point. Like, there's something extra in it for us that there's not for a lot of people. I've mapped out that I think I'm going to go to opening day. I think I'm going to go to that first Saturday. The next Saturday, I'm going to go to Baltimore. So, like, that's in the first two weeks of the season, I'm going to see the Yankees play in person three times. And I'm going to go to a Phillies game in between because I'll still be on paternity leave and my kids will both be in daycare. So, uh, you know, I'm going to get to four baseball games very early um, in the year. And, like, that excites me because of the atmosphere. Like, going into Billy's, seeing, like, Joey, who owns Billy's, and, like, just, hey, what's up? Yes, I will do a shot of Jameson with you. Yes, that's fine. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, seeing the, the people who you know, like, at the same, like, it's a, it's a different experience than someone who doesn't get to go to a lot of games. And I also think, like, it's weird to say, but I'm 37 years old. I have a different perspective than a lot of people um, that are on Twitter, like, specifically, and this is... I think because I used to be at Barstool, people are always looking for – because they think, like, that's the be-all, end-all of, like, what people, like, want to do with their lives, which is not for me. I enjoyed my time there. If there was a way I could still contribute there or the way I contribute here, like, yeah, sure, would love it. But, like, not for your paycheck. Um, like, those guys, the, like, short porch guys, are all young, and they have some terrible opinions in my mind. And I think that's just an age difference of, like, you're 25, I'm 37 – I've seen winning before. You've seen what you think is winning, but it's not. It's very fair. A lot of and a lot of these people they only saw the end, like they saw the end of Jeter. They saw Jeter at 37, 38. They saw Mariano on his retirement tour, but they didn't see, you know, 2003, like these years that are very vivid for me and I'm obviously I'm a little bit younger than you, but like I started around 2000. So I kind of caught the end of like the dynasty and then those years where they kept getting bounced in the DS or the CS, then they won in 09. So I feel like I have some pers perspective at this point. I like I really came to like I'm like becoming aware of baseball in 1993. I was yeah, eight years perfect. old. That that is that is how you draw yeah. it up. I, like I remember 94 being like we're gonna win the World Series. Strike. And I read the best record. Yeah, I Let's remember strike. like. 95 Jim Lehrer like staying up seeing these like seeing these home runs seeing these big moments and so but I also remember like 1993 going to a game with my like with my family and sitting in the like 100 level where they had like there's still the tunnels that you know went through you'd still be on the 100 level but yeah, there yeah. was still a tunnel and we were at some game and they just like they got their asses kicked and someone just threw a brand new Yankee hat and and I was above the tunnel and just caught it. I was like, I just have the, it's still the stickers and the tag on it. But the, wow. but fans were so mad, 
you know, Danny Tartable Pog Night. <laughs> I went to a Don Mattingly poster day. I don't remember what year it was, but it the was man one where he's got like the white suit, um, white pinstripe. No, suit. no, I think it was just him. I, I don't remember what the poster was. I think it was just a regular like him. Yeah, because the Hitman one, I think they sold. Yeah. This yeah. was like a promo when they gave away. They're playing the Baltimore Orioles. And my dad, because we, we had a family connection, they have like really close seats. My dad goes, hey, take this. Like he had a pen or a marker or whatever, or however he, he got his hands on one. He goes, take this to that lady right there and ask her to sign your Don Manley poster. And I'm like, Dad, are you on crack? <laughs> Why am I going to get some random lady to sign my thing? I sat there for two innings and talked to Joan Jett about baseball. Joan I Jett. Know, I don't know who that is. Oh, Joan Jett. She's like a 80s, 70s, 80s, like rock and roll icon who okay. also happens to be a huge Orioles fan. If I still had that poster, like it would be up on the wall, like, it, like an odd thing that anyone who's above like 35 who listens to this is going to be like holy shit you have a you had a don mattingly autographed joan jet uh you know uh poster i was close to playing that off and just pretending like i knew what you were talking about but i was like i'll admit it i'm, I'm comfortable with this no point. yeah yeah no you shouldn't you shouldn't fake <laughs> it at all it's like she does um i hate myself for loving you oh yeah i've heard that yeah yeah, yeah. i mean she's it's obviously a very different uh like generation uh thing but she is a like a rock and roll icon. Oh, she does I love rock and roll. Uh it's a classic game. Yeah. So but yeah, that was just like a a weird thing of and no one was there. Like no one, I mean Yankee Stadium was a different thing. Like Joan Jett who's this huge star. Like I love rock and roll came out in 1982. We're talking 10, 11 years later. Yeah, so it's fresh. I could just walk up and sit next to her. I'm not, you know, we see celebrity. Oh, Ryan Reynolds is at the game. You can't get close to these people. But no one was fucking there because they stunk. And there was no moat back in the day. Like yeah. right now you have Larry David and, and Jay-Z and you can't, nobody can get, get to them. Yeah. There's, there's a moat and Anthony Rizzo will be right next to the moat playing first base. Yankees re-signed him. $32 million over two years and opt out after one. So essentially two one-year deals for him. Yeah. Player options. You're happy? with that yeah so i think all the same people who are complaining about the moves that we've made and that we're not spending or like or no no we're spending i think the narrative changed to like yeah we're spending but we're not spending it right correct are the same people who were like cash god nobody got us into this situation besides brian cashman hal steinbrenner is to blame for allowing this charade to still go on. But all we need is flexibility going forward. We need to be able to we, – we can never rebuild because we're the Yankees. But we need the ability to stay competitive now, sell tickets. And with the current playoff format, there is a certain element to let's get hot. Like let's just get there and then get hot. And Anthony Rizzo – at first base for $16 million a year is better than whatever the hell Luke Voigt was going to make, which was going to be far less. But he also, like, 
I don't know how many balls are going to go into the third row with him over there. Because if the ball's in the dirt, he can't do anything with it. I know best shape of his life again, but like he's been in the best shape of his life for forever. He played a lot of games in 2020. He played like 56 games or something like that. Out of 60, yeah. Yeah. But he was injured the entire time. Like we knew he wasn't playing at 100%. And he hit those home runs, but he'd also go into these big strikeout things. So now while Rizzo may get caught up in seeing how close the foul pole is, and sometimes like he's just trying to, you know, you feel like you could touch it and he tries to hook it a little too much there. I think now with a full season, not the pressure of being like, hey, you're the splash we made or the not splash, you know, according to some fans. That was Joey Gallo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, like him, I mean, I, I said all along, I was like going after Rizzo and Gallo at the deadline is not going to win us a World Series. No. But now I do believe that there is a certain level of comfort. Let's wipe the slate clean for this year. He looks in phenomenal shape. He looks like he cut some weight. Like he looked a little puffy before. He did. Now he, he looks lean. Um, go out there, be athletic, do the things that that he used to be able to do. Hit two seventy, drive in some runs, catch, be a vacuum cleaner at first base. I mean, aside from with him in the infield now. Aside from Glaber on the days Glaber's playing, if you put DJ at second base instead of Glaber, we have an elite defensive infield. Josh Donaldson is a very good defensive infielder. Is he Geo? No, but Geo also has never won a gold glove. And Donaldson had better metrics last year than Geo for whatever that's worth. Yeah, but I mean, Geo, Geo got hot offensively, and I think like he just wasn't ready to handle that. And then you start pressing. And so then you get into offensive slumps. It carries over defensively. Um, and so, you know, when you look at that infield, like it's a, it's a solid infield. And Glaber is and hopefully will continue to be better defensively at second base because he doesn't have to make some of the throws. A lot of times the throws were the issue. So, you know, you're taking a couple – you know, you're taking a bunch of runs off the board – just by not even necessarily run scored, but like pressure on pitchers where, hey, we should have been out of this inning, but now you've bounced the throw to first, Voigt didn't get it, so instead of being out of the inning, now it's first and third, or we've given up a run, or whatever the, the case may be. Yeah, Nestor and Monty in particular, they generate a lot of ground balls, and our ground ball defense last year was horrible, our infield defense. It's going to be a lot better this year. Rizzo is a good addition. He's a good player, but to me, he was just the classic good but not great option. Matt Olson, Freddie Freeman, those would have been great options. At shortstop, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, those would have been great options. We got a good option in IKF or IFK or whatever, and I just think that's kind of the theme of this offseason was was good, not great. We, we made some solid additions. These guys are all above-average players. But when you consider these future Hall of Famers and these perennial all-stars that were on the board, it's kind of tough that we kind of struck out on all of them. Wouldn't you agree a little bit? So I think Corey Seager, lefty bat, plays really well, you know, in, in Yankee Stadium. Like that's that's what I wanted if we were going to go after a shortstop. At the same time, let's say – I don't remember what his contract was. I know every, everyone's talking about um, – uh, Correa right now. And what what was Seager's contract? Uh, th- 325 over 10. Okay. So we're, you're talking $32 million a year, right? Mm-hmm. So when you look at 2026, right? 
if we had gotten him, I know some people are like, I just want to win now. I want to win three in a fucking row. Like, I want to win now. Sure. But sure. I want to win three in a row because yeah. I remember how much fun that was. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're, if you look at it like 2026, you're realistically paying at that point $32 million to your shortstop, $15 million to your second baseman because DJ's still under contract. Who knows what has happened with Glaber because he's hit free agency by then. Cole's making $36 million. Stanton's still making $22 million. And you and we picked up Judge at $35 million, still with still several years on his God. contract. Ugh. So it's just, it hits a point where you need to have – there have to be value players somewhere in your lineup. We can't have – like I get it. Everyone wants an all-star at every position. But some of those all-stars have to make a million dollars and have not gotten paid yet without ha- factoring that in. It's just it's unsustainable, and you've limited one. No owner is going to pay all that. Two, you're like the revenue for the team is going to be bad. So then ticket prices are through the goddamn roof. You you'll never be able to go to a game ever again. You think it's crazy now? Spend on five players. Spend 150 million dollars. That's you know 20 percent of your pay of your team is actually less than 20 percent is using up 50 percent of your payroll. It, yeah, it's just I not agree. sustainable. I know it's not sustainable to have all-stars at every position. I just think when you look at Scherzer and Freeman and Seeger and Simeon and all these guys, I just I find it hard to believe we couldn't have added one of these dudes, especially when we're giving Donaldson $25 million. And I know you're going to say, oh, it's only for two years, so it's not as big of a commitment with Donaldson. But the whole point of giving these guys big money is that you get their prime seasons. Like if we were going to do that with Seeger, we would have gotten his age 28 season, his 29 season, his 30. We're paying Josh Donaldson $25 million a year for his age 36 season. It's just, it's just not as appealing as getting a guy in their prime in their late 20s. Well, so uh, to that I'll say it's not like – we looked at every option out there and said, this is the fucking sick one. Let's get Donaldson. <laughs> I think as the market developed, first of all, you're going to have the Yankees are going to be taken advantage of to drive up prices, right? Of course. And at the same time that we're all saying, not all of us, because not me right now. I don't think you, but a lot of people are like, this team's a bag of shit. It fucking sucks. This is a fourth place team. Well, then why am I going to go play there? Why am I going to go and deal with the extra media pressure, pay the the second highest taxes compared to playing in LA, or I could go to Texas where there's no state income tax and make all of that money. There is no pressure to win because the other thing is when you look at guys like Correa, you look at Seager, they've already won their World Series. Yes. To a certain extent, if they never win a World Series again, still a World Series champion. Chris Bryant, same thing. He went to fucking Colorado because he yeah. doesn't care about winning anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I think, you know, to a certain extent, like, who knows? Maybe that's Rizzo. But, like, when you're with the Yankees, you know you're going to get to the playoffs. You know you have a shot. No, for yeah. sure. For sure. I don't I don't think that's Rizzo. Now, with the – you mentioned you mentioned Correa. It, it really feels like the Twins got one over on us. Like, they dumped Donaldson's contract on us so that they could pay Correa. It, it looks like Cashman got fleeced and got outsmarted. Is that how you see it or do you see it differently? I think that, I think that's an absolutely terrible contract. You're paying three him. years, the thirty-five million. That's a one-year right. contract. That's a one-year contract unless he gets injured. The only way he plays the second year of that contract is if he gets injured. You think one year, thirty-five million for Correa is, is horrible? Yes. I don't see. I think it's fine. no one else offered it to him. Only the Minnesota Twins. 
think about it. The Houston Astros could have given him. They were they were deep in talks with them. Nobody got him for like 30, 31. Nobody knows more about Carlos Correa's medical reports and his back than the Houston Astros. Every team asked for his medicals. Some of the reports were like, hey, it doesn't look good. And he wouldn't give the full medicals unless you made a substantial offer. Which is bullshit. They were holding back medical reports. If you're totally fine, you just go, hey, here's my medical reports. Here's medical reports. Here's a, here's a highlight reel of me in the playoffs and all I've done, MVP, all this shit. And it's no problem. But if you're holding that information back for some reason, like something's fishy. Now, I haven't seen them. I also happen to not be a doctor. I can admit that. But – doesn't it seem a little off that for the big star, he was the guy headed into this offseason. He was one of the last off the board. It is weird. It is weird for sure. You also have to factor in Scott Boris. So he changed agents during the lockout and went from whoever he was with to Boris. So now Scott Boris, who makes the most money of anybody, has to split the commission on this contract with the old agent. I think it's a 70-30 split. I'm not sure which way. I think it's Boris gets a 70. But either way, Scott Boris signs his contract, makes his 70% of whatever is the 3% commission on the $35 million. You opt out. You put up You put up numbers this year. You opt out. And yeah, maybe you're giving up two years. Even if he makes less money of like, all right, instead of making 35 each of the next two, we're going to get you 30 or 32 over the next 10 coming out of, you know, not in a weird lockout cutoff, you know, thing. So the twins who have nothing and they're competing in a, you know, somewhat, you know, a weak division, the white yeah, Sox are supposed sucks. to have some, you know, some hype around them. Um, yeah. The tigers went out and got Javi Baez. I think if you're a sociopath, if you want Javi Baez on your team, great player, but he's going to be, he becomes a problem everywhere he is. They're going to sell $35 million in jerseys and maybe break even on it. And there's already even talk of just flipping him halfway through the season. They're out I of contention. That. I could see him going back to Houston, too. Yeah. In a year, for sure. I, I could see anything with him. Um, with, with Correa, it was just, it's just, again, it's another name. It's another name we didn't get. And then another name that we didn't get is Trevor Story. Now, I'll say this about Story. I was a little bit, when I saw that he went to Boston, I was like, fuck. And, you know, I did want him. I did want him when once I saw the buzz, it was like, oh, I want this now. When I saw that he was going to play second, and Xander Bogarts is terrible defensively at short. When I saw that Story's going to play second, and I remembered he had that elbow issue and he was having trouble making the throws at the end of the year, then I was fine with it because clearly he can't play short anymore. And we already have two second basemen. So now I understand why the Yankees didn't sign him. But when I saw him agree with Boston, I, I was definitely a little bit upset. I think – uh, I, you know, Bogarts is uh, probably going to opt out after this year too. He has an opt out right, in right. in his contract, so Story probably moves back to shortstop at some point. Uh, you know, next year. Uh, but yeah, with like the questionable el- elbow, I think for the contract and the numbers of that contract, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying I don't think that that is a great contract to get involved in, um, especially again. And I know the Yankees, we make up. They're, oh, the Yankees are getting under the tax so that they can go big next season. No, it's under the tax so they can reset and get Harper. We make this shit up. They have said, like, yeah, we want to see what we have with, you know, these two young middle infielders that we have. 
But it, they're not saying, like, this is the guy. I mean, they could still be traded, like, for the right deal. And maybe Matt Olson, you know, was the right deal. But the equivalent of that trade for what Atlanta gave up is us giving up Dominguez, Volpe, um, the other middle infielder whose name I'm blanking on, um, and um, and Wells. I mean, those yeah, are four no, Once I saw that, I was like, no, no fucking way, for sure. And, and like, you know, good – you know, good for the athletics. Good for I mean, the Braves won their World. Series. They don't need to win another World Series. Like that's a uh, a market that you know they're going to sell some tickets for a little bit, so they're happy. Yeah, I got Liberty Media stock, so I hope they uh, hope they keep winning. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, once I saw the return for Olsen, I was like, all right, no way. They, I mean, we were never even giving them just Dominguez, much less the rest of those guys you named. Um, so I, I knew that I knew that was out. And sticking with first base, I like the Luke Voigt trade. If you were you have a 31-year-old injury-prone, one-dimensional, right-handed first baseman that can't play anywhere else, and you get a pitcher that was a first-round pick and can touch 102, I mean, that's good enough for me. Yeah. I mean, Luke Voigt – and yeah, oh, if, if Luke Voigt was still on the team and – we, you know, and Rizzo gets injured, and we'll talk about other reasons why he may not be able to play later in the show. <laughs> and Rizzo gets injured week one. It's easy to be like, oh, well, we should have had Voight. If Rizzo gets injured in August, then it's like, well, what the fuck was Voight going to do for all these months? Oh, he was going to DH. Well, we need to move the DH spot around guys like Judge, who needs a half a day off here. Stanton's needs days off. We've got two second basemen who, you know, one of them has won two batting titles and for some reason has won gold gloves and still doesn't, isn't the starting second baseman. <laughs> um, you know, like we need to find spots for other guys. So, yeah, a guy who can, is either feast or famine at the plate, is another right handed bat. Yeah, you move him for the lotto ticket. And, you know, it's not like it's a, a total lotto ticket. The guy throws 102 miles an hour. He was a first-round pick. Like, yeah. he's not some loser. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know where he's going to start the season. I think maybe it might still be single A, maybe yeah. double A. He's really you know, young. Move up to double A. But, you know, I, I think it's a good move because you had to make the move. And I tweeted the other day, when you look at, like, Yankees, Yankee fans won't be happy unless we – expand the rosters from 26 to 50 and we can have everybody's favorite players and then also good players as well because you know yeah luke Voigt won a cracker jack home run title dude people were so delusional about the return i was i saw oh maybe we'll get blake snell maybe we'll get mike clevenger like people just think we can trade our spare parts and get the other team's all-stars like you were not getting blake snell for fucking 31 year old luke Voigt. holy shit that's what that's the same thing with you know the free agents like freddie freeman made a choice he wanted to go he didn't want to come to new york for whatever it is maybe he thought he'd get more money out of us he's got ties to california like that that's what it comes down to at a certain point they have to make a choice and the same way everyone's like oh this is a fourth place team this maybe they think that too and you don't want the pressure of being the guy to turn around i'll tell you what the same amount of money right now if i'm not you know i didn't grow up in the you know on city island i'm not from the bronx you say i get the same money in new york or i could go to the dodgers i'm like the eighth priority for dodgers fans <laughs> right right you know playing in a shitty division Let's go win. You know, there's far less pressure and the fans really don't give a shit out there. Like, yeah, there are some diehard Dodgers fans like go Dyers, 
Um, you know, but that it's not it's not the same. No, no, it's not. You can hide behind Mookie and Bellinger, and they've and they've won recently too. So there's way you're less pressure. Sh- you're sharing a city with LeBron James. Yeah, you're sharing a city with the Super Bowl champions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. There, there's so many stars and out there. Yeah, he's like the base, he's like the most 18th biggest athlete out there. Yeah, and for the fan base that just won a Cracker Jack World Series, but it was their first one in forever. So we're good. Like that's a comfortable place to be if if you're the Freemans. Yeah, I, I can see that. You touched on the DJ Glaber thing. And the more I think about this, the more I can't wrap my head around it at all. Glaber was terrible in 2021. He was terrible in 2020. And he had a bad second half in 2019. In 2019, he finished with 38 homers. So it looks like this great season. But most of that damage, I think he had like 20, 22 or 23 bombs at the break. And his second half was not as good. So he really hasn't been good in, I don't know, what is it, two and a half years and like you said, DJ LeMahieu, he's got however many all-stars. He's got three gold gloves. He's got two batting titles. Only Had a bad that. season last year by yep. his standards. Had a core injury. Looks good so far, and I know it's early in spring training, but he's elevating the ball the opposite way, which is when you're in fucking trouble if you're the other team. When yeah. he starts slapping balls into the gap, you're in trouble. I think this is a problem with our, with our culture. We're handing, apparently, we're handing Glaber the job. And it's not based on performance. It's based on what he was ranked as a prospect and, and all this. Like, this is a performance-based fucking business. DJ has been a better performer than Glaber Torres since Glaber's been in the league. It, it's not even debatable. And we're just handing the job to Glaber. I know DJ's going to get his 500 at-bats because guys will be injured and he'll move around. But I don't like the premise of it. You, you play the guys that earn the playing time. So one thing, I, I just looked it up. Glaber did go... 50 50 19 and 19 in terms of home runs first half second half i needed the second half in less games but his batting average was 31 points lower okay so that's what it was so yeah he had a bad second half i just didn't want anyone to call you out and be like i don't know what you're talking about okay so So what did he hit so what he hit like 310 in the first half and 292 and 261 on base percentage went from 360 in the first half to 307 in the second okay so there it is so he had yeah all right so and when you're talking about middle infielders I mean, yeah, Brett Boone was cool, but I'm looking for you to get on base, go first to third, make something happen. And I'm not saying Glaber, you know, we've got to ship him off to Siberia. Like, if, and, you know, Stanton played the field in like the third game of spring training today. Yeah, like, I saw it, that. Like, that's a great sign. If Stanton is going to get out there, like, if on opening day we can run out a judge, Gallo, Stanton, and if Judge can play, we'll talk about it. Uh, opening day, then Glaber can DH. Let DJ play first base. Like, don't sacrifice defense because we don't want to hurt a young guy's feelings. Although, I mean, I still think I think Glaber is our best trade chip right now to go get it to get a real everyday catcher. Oh, you want? I, see, I was waiting for you to mention Frankie Montas or Sean Mania. You want to trade him for a catcher? Well, I mean, if we want to package up prospects. And make one big deal where we get Sean Murphy and uh, and a pitcher, then I'm all for it. It's a great point. It's a great point. It's one thing that not many people are talking about is our catching situation is very bleak. And I know Gary had his issues, but Higgy is a below average catcher. He's like barely a starter. And this other guy hit, I don't know, 170 last year and has an oblique injury. Like our catching situation is not good. And I don't know, maybe I'm not paying attention the, the way I'm supposed to, but – well, like with the Donaldson IKF IFK trade, yeah, um, I didn't factor the catcher in at all. 
Like that is that's I, like I I've just been like he was an afterthought. Yeah. Yes, like we're still trying to get a major league catcher now. I still am fine with like no matter who if we had like a real everyday catcher. Like I'm fine with Higgy catching Cole. Like they've been he's been catching him since high school. I'm fine with that. And but even with Higgy, like yes, at times he hits the home runs, gives us you know some pop. I think it's. I talked about it last year, like you play the hot hand, but at a certain point, like he's going to get exposed. Like he's not an everyday starter somewhere already for a reason. Right. You know, like that's his arm is shit too. guys run all over him. But when we talk about our pitching and our pitching was good last year, I mean, guys stepped up and and in ways that we didn't expect, we'd like to be more solid. You know, JMO really struggled, embarrassed us in Philly and then, you know, piece together some good starts. Then the ankle, um, Sevy at times, you know, is hit or miss. He's in the contract year. Monty, hell, you know, there's the big inning is out there. Is it the first? Is it the sixth? Let's, you know, let's figure that out. Let's try to push that back. And um, Cortez is, you know, he's playing some silly ball out there. And, you know, maybe people catch on to it. Maybe they don't. I hope they don't. But when there's two strikes and a runner on third, all those guys can throw their best pitch with Higgy behind the plate. They could not with Gary. That's true. That's true. So Cole, it, Cole's got the slider in the dirt. Sevy's got a slider in the dirt. They they all do that. Yeah. And Gumby bounces curveballs all the time. Yeah. And so I'm not, you know, I'm not all the like super advanced analytics guy. I'm a big eye test and batting average guy. But when you look at some of the little improvements that we made, that every ground ball isn't a hard attack. Every throw across the infield that isn't right at the first baseman's chest isn't a hard attack. Every two strike, you know, ball in the dirt is it, or even two strike, not ball in the dirt being a hard attack because maybe it's going to the backstop, but like they can't even execute that pitch because it's a ball to the backstop. Those little things hopefully add up. Yeah, you're right. And you meant you said maybe Glaber DH, right? You were you were talking about that earlier. Yeah, I think I you mean, keep you keep him, you know, you keep getting him at bats. If I'm starting the season, I think I'm starting Hicks on the bench. I think my outfield is is Judge, Stanton, and Gallo. Yeah. I'm D, and I'm DH and Glaber. What has yeah. Hicks done to earn a spot? Oh, he hit a home run. He today was it today? No, yesterday they wore all the um they wore the pinstripes, oh, right? Oh, his first home game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. First spring training. Home. So he was there, I guess, for that. Right. And then went to a backfield where everyone else is wearing blue tops and he is in full pinstripes <laughs> and he hit a home run off like a double A pitcher and his brother posted it to Instagram. Oh, my God. So that is so that is so Aaron Hicks. I, I'm going I'm going Judge Stanton and Gallo and I don't even like Joey Gallo, but at least he can run any any tries. unlike Hicks who jogs around. He's in a contract year. Yeah. He's in a contract year. He grew up, you know, he grew up a Yankee fan. Every Paisan on Morris Park, you know, wants to get a <laughs> stickball bat with his name on it. And so, you know, he ate shit all offseason. I mean, he's online. He's an online guy. He did the LinkedIn thing. So he's online. He knows people are talking shit. And he quote tweeted a post article. Somebody ripped him. Or maybe yeah. it was clap clappish. Yeah, he quote tweeted one of those guys. I so remember. if he sucks, he sucks. But he's not. He, it's not like he doesn't know he sucks when he sucks. So. At least, you know, it's not like, oh, I just, you know, I just ignored. He knows it's fucking there. So, you know, maybe it's going to work. I even saw 
Um, I forget. Maybe it was Meredith who asked him. I saw a tweet today. It's like, oh, well, what are uh, you know? What are you doing to like better protect this owner? Something like that. He's like, well, you know, I've been working on that for twenty eight years, and you know, <laughs> hopefully, I've you know, I've made some of the tweaks. And that's what you want. You want a guy who's at least aware. Yeah, and like Hicks and Gallo both suck, but I think I'd rather hitch my wagon to Gallo because he might pop one. Like he might hit a ball five hundred feet. Yeah, Hicks. There's nothing to really be excited about. And let's not forget. Joey Gallo is our reigning gold glove right fielder. Oh, yeah. We got one. We have a gold glove right fielder from last year, and the year before we had a gold glove finalist in Clint Frazier (laughs) in right field. Let's go right to Judge. There's two big things with him, the extension – and the vaccine. Well, I'll start with the extension. Okay. I see absolutely no reason to give him an extension right now. I'm focused on improving the 2022 team. He's already on the roster. And the other thing is I don't – I want to make improve it for one more year. Give me 150 games. Give me another 40 bombs. Stay motivated. Stay with it. I, I, don't, I just don't see how – Paying him now, paying him up front makes it makes us any better or helps us. And I also I really don't think teams are going to be lining up to pay a 31 year old outfielder at his size. So I'd like to retain him. I'd like to keep him long term, but I don't think we necessarily have to do it right now. So Hal came out this week and said, um, you know, we're going to start talking like we're going to you know, we're going to get this done in terms of like the conversation. Right. I think they're going to have a conversation. I think the Yankees are going to make him an offer. I think the Yankees are going to offer him five years, $35 million a year, something like that. He's not going to take it, but it's going to become, it's a PR game. You know, there's that element to it. Cause also, and I'm sure, you know, we're going to go in depth on it. The Yankees know whether or not he could play opening day right now or not. We all believe that he can't, but the Yankees know for sure. And are you going to offer a guy seven years, eight years, $35 million? Actually, they're not even going to offer him 35 for five. They're going to offer him five years, $30 million a year. Five years, $150 million. That's what I think they offer him. And I think his agent says no. I think he could make up the difference in what he thinks he's going to make. You could even put, you know... At the end, you know, hey, you make the next year you make $40 million if you're top three in MVP voting or, you know, whatever it is. Um, There are fair deals the Yankees could make, but there are people who are going to make unfair, who may be willing to make unfair offers. And for whoever his agent is, they're going to want to cash in big time because you've got this big marketable guy who if he decides to go somewhere else, you know, he he turned on the evil empire and, you know, decided he loves the game of money more. Like, you know, whatever. So I think they are going to make him an offer. I don't think it gets done um, before opening day. And to say that I'm going to not entertain, first of all, I never fucking believe players when they say, I'm not going to talk about it. Most of them... You know, the time, most of the time, the deals don't happen during the season. But I don't know if you're Aaron Judge and you fucking love playing for the Yankees and with like, hey, we had this lockout. We've, you know, we got a lot of shit going on. We made you an offer. You didn't like it. Maybe you're playing a little better. We come back with another offer. 
if you're going to say, hey, I'm not going to listen to it, well, then now you're going to enter a PR war with the New York Yankees. Not many people win that. No, and he wouldn't even be the one talking to them. It'd be his agent anyway. So we all know that's bullshit. So, but I don't know. I think if you're, you know, hey, I'm the face of the Yankees, like fucking Cashman catches you in the hallway and goes, hey, like we reached out to your agent. We'd like to have a conversation, you know, but, uh, you know, I don't see it getting done. I may be wrong, but I just don't see how we're less than three weeks from opening day. He's played in one spring training game that they're like, hey, let's do backflips, especially when, I mean, from a PR standpoint right now, he's not in the best standing. Right. <laughs> This isn't, this isn't good timing for him. And one thing I want to point out, the end of the 2010 season, Derek Jeter had just completed a 10-year contract. He had won five championships, five gold gloves, whatever other awards you could stack up on his resume. And he wanted, I think, a five- or six-year deal, and he wanted $20 million a year. And Cashman offered him three years, $45 million, and said, if you don't like it, go match it. Go beat it. Jeter couldn't. He came back. They they eventually settled at like 52 over three. And that was Derek Jeter, the most impactful Yankee since Mickey Mantle, 60 years. Yeah. Aaron Judge is not even close to that level. So Cashman can be a hard-nosed prick when he wants to be. And everybody's got the sentimental Judge's Chambers things going on. Remember how he treated Jeter when, when you keep this in mind. If you think the Steinbrenners don't know the hourly rate for a couple of union guys to <laughs> fucking rip down that Chambers, you're out of your mind. Can get it done before the cigarette break at like yeah. 1030. <laughs> yeah. Get him in there at seven. Yeah. Dude, if the Yankees traded him in the morning and had a one o'clock game, you'd never know he had been in the building. They'd no. fucking get that thing. Yeah. Down. Oh, yeah. That, that could go down. So, I mean, they build it in like a day. I it remember it. Fucking Gallows Gallery. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Didn't I, you have one for Clint? You were going to like. Something like the red Fraser's Chambers. Fraser's Chambers. Yeah, I was like, you could just go out there and do like a, but do a real shit job of covering up Judge. Like, put a line through it with spray paint. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. 
Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right. You want to talk vaccines? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I want to first say, and I wrote this in my thing, and I've said it on here, so I just want to reiterate, that I don't care about any of these people as people. My relationship with them is money-based. Like, I have no – I did a thing, uh, like, for my job. They, they had a thing where, like, we all had to go into Zoom. Then we had to go into, like, breakout Zoom. And it was, like, talk about, like, how can we better recognize employees? And every suggestion I made had to do with money. And the HR person who, like, came in our group was like, well, what if we looked at things other than money? And I said, our entire relationship is based on money. That's it. I don't work here because I love the cause. You don't have me here because I'm a nice guy. I make you money. You give me some of that money. I can't go to Aaron Judge's house for dinner. I have to pay to go through security, get (laughs) wanded and fingered. And I have to take out a second mortgage just to see him. He doesn't show up because he just really loves playing baseball. If Hal was like, listen, I'm a little short this week, you're not going to play. This is a money-based, like, this is the entire thing. So these players, all of them, their job is to be on the field. If you are not on the field, I don't care. I don't wish, like, injury on you. I hope your family's safe and all that stuff, just like any other person. So I also don't care about your individual choices because your only value to me is being on the field in pinstripes. So, as we know, last year, Aaron Judge did not get the COVID vaccine. Why? We don't know. Last year, also, Anthony Rizzo did not get the COVID vaccine. Why? We don't know, but we assume it has to do with having cancer at a younger age. Um, And I would assume with that, his doctor was like, hey, let's get more information, you know, on this. Higgy also possibly not vaccinated. And there's been talk that, like, the Yankees may lose, like, three people from their lineup if they don't have it. I've heard rumors of Cole. Who knows, right? But Aaron Judge was directly asked when news kind of broke last week. And it's kind of funny that no one, like, thought of this until fucking Carton decided to ask the question. Right, right, right. Like, Craig Carton, fresh out of the pen, is the only one thinking in the whole city. Because everyone just assumed that this is an outdoor thing, right? Kyrie, it makes sense. They're indoors. The virus is trapped and attacking everybody. Judge is outdoors. It does not have to do with playing the actual game. So for anyone who doesn't understand the rule, if you are a a company based in New York City and you're a large company – The requirement is that your employees have to be vaccinated against COVID-19. They can't test out of it. And if they're not vaccinated, they can't work. Companies located in New York City include the Knicks, the Nets, the Mets, the, the Yankees. So Aaron Judge 
and the guy who's selling hot dogs are equal. The waiter at your restaurant is the same as Aaron Judge. The person behind the counter at Starbucks, same as Aaron Judge. Does not matter. And the idea is that, especially when you view the Bronx, which is one of the hardest hit areas in the country, and especially brown and black people who live in those areas were the hardest hit um, due to socioeconomic differences, yada, 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 the ability to get health care, whatever. Um, so for all those stadium employees who have to be in the clubhouse, in the hallways, whatever, they are exposed to non-vaccinated people. They have to be vaccinated. So does Aaron Judge. As Eric Adams said, I'm not worried about one player when he was talking about Kyrie. I'm worried about 9 million people. Which you, now you may say, who gives a shit? Like it's their job, you know, it's people, you know, if you, it tends to be, if you're more right wing, you feel like, who cares? Everyone's on their own. We don't need to fucking help anybody. Um, but those are certain people who are like, you can't tell my kid that there are gay people, but like, hey, let's tell them how 12 year old Mary got ghost pregnant by a 30 year old carpenter. Um, so those are the rules. Athletes should not be treated differently than us. Unless unless we're talking about skipping the line for the forty forty club, we should all be like kind of treated the same. Is, yeah. is the way I look at it. It's simple. Get the shot, and we know you can play. So Aaron Judge was asked, "Can I? You know, hey, in light of this, you know, have you been vaccinated? I'm not even. You know, I'm not even thinking about that right now. Uh, you know, focus on these first spring games, and you know, I'm I'm not worried." Uh, you know, I've been talking to my doctors and my medical people. What? Your other medical people besides doctors? Um, His buddy from college. Probably. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not going to disclose that. Which leads people to believe. Like, if you are vaccinated, I think the common thing is if you're vaccinated, you say yes. If you're not, you say something like that. Or at least Kyrie says no. And this is why. Now, Anthony Rizzo also got signed first day he was asked and he said i'm not really going to discuss it but it, it it won't be a problem i think a lot of people took that as i'm i got the vaccine but it's my first day in camp and i know that this is an issue i know it's being discussed because there's talk that like degrom maybe doesn't have it uh, there's some guys. Well, the Mets on the is Mets. only like 55 percent of their players apparently yeah. have it. Like they're totally fucked if, if this yeah. rule doesn't get reversed. And so I think Rizzo is just like, hey, day one, I'm not rust, you know, ruffling feathers. Or if Anthony Rizzo doesn't have it, when the time comes, he'll say like, I had cancer, and I, my doctor said I shouldn't get it. There is room for medical exemptions, I believe. If it's a true medical exemption, like I had cancer, um, not like I don't know. My my medical people said no. Um, so for me, the frustration is Aaron Judge, I've said he can't stay healthy. Yeah, he had a healthy year last year in 2017, but been a lot of injuries in between. Yeah, he runs in and high fives everyone. Yeah, he changes his gum if he gets out. Everyone wants him to be the next Jeter. Derek Jeter answers that question, and he says, yeah, I got it because I'm here to win. There are three kind of people in this world. Those who will try, those who will give you everything they've got, and those who will do whatever it takes. I need do whatever it takes, guys. 
whatever it takes, guys, go and get the fucking vaccine. They answer the question and they say, like, hey, we, yeah, obviously it's out there. We got a couple guys who don't, like, we're talking to them, whatever. So I don't know where it goes. A lot of people like to think that Randy Levine is going to get the city to change. COVID numbers in the last cases are on the rolling seven day average are at like 960 or something like that. In New York? Yeah. Okay. A day. Yeah. yeah. That's a seven day average like per day. A week, 10 days ago, it was at 600. So it's a 50% increase. Now, the city never said, here's a threshold we're trying to hit. If it gets to this number, whatever it may be. I don't think the city has played this well in terms of communication. No. If they decided like, hey, like we need it to be, you know, under 500 cases a day for, you know, a consistent week or whatever, and they communicated that, then people can go off of off of that number. So I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes from. But to think that as numbers are ticking up after we just packed Fifth Avenue full of every cop, firefighter, yada, yada, everyone who was out there for St. Patrick's Day, spring break, people are coming back to the city. Um You've got an Easter break coming up for New York City schools coming up. To think that after numbers were lower and as they're going up, the city is going to drop this mandate is, I think, a big assumption. Yeah, I think people just assume, look, Randy Levine, he got the new stadium built. He got the Yes Network up and running. Like He's the guy to get shit done. He's the, like That's what his role is for the Yankees is, is kind of things like this, the business side, the politics side, government. I think that's why people assume that. Um, but look, yeah, you, you've seen what happened with Kyrie. Obviously, the Nets guy, they don't have like an influential New York City politician guy like, like Randy Levine. I, I honestly have no idea what's going to happen. I find it hard to believe like – the Mets, like the Mets, are more fucked than us. If, like, if this happens, like nobody's really talking about them. They half their team isn't vaccinated. They're they're gonna have to be going into Double A and Triple A if if this thing keeps up. And and I also think that look, it's it's March twenty first. I feel like if if Randy Levine, I think he met with the guy with Adams like a week or two ago. I feel like if he was gonna get something happen, it might have happened by now. We're getting kind of close. I think if it does get dropped, it's gonna you know be April fifth, April sixth. You know, it's going to be something close, like really close to it, because if you drop it now, like, oh, hey, within the last week, it came out that it's going to impact baseball, which is now you, you look at it. The Nets are, you know, supposed to be a very competitive team. I think they're they're low in the standings right now, but they, they've had issues with health or whatever. They have one person who it's impacting, who's very outspoken about it. He's a young black man. Baseball is a, a predominantly white sport. Yes, there are a lot of Latin players as well, but I think from a fan base standpoint as well, it doesn't look great to, to some people if the new black mayor held out the NBA player from playing and then drops it as soon as baseball is going to start as numbers are going up. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie also said the earth was flat, and he's he's had a lot of issues. Oh, I'm not saying he's not a moron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying he's not a moron at all. Guy's a moron. At least he's a moron with his chest out, though. Yeah. And says, I'm not getting it here. You know, here's, you know, my answer. 
it, I, and maybe I, we're I, wrong. Maybe Judge it. got it. Maybe Rizzo got it. Judge did not get. It. There's no way Judge got it. Yeah, and let's let's remember, we're fucked for Toronto regardless. Even if even if we do get a miracle here, those nine games in Toronto, the Blue Jays are fucking good. Some odds books have them as the favorite to come out of the American League. They are a good fucking team. If, and that's nine games, man. Nine games. And look, if we were in any other division. We were in the NL. We we played the Blue Jays every three years or something. Like we played the Phillies. I wouldn't give a shit. But this is so impactful, and this could really this could really hurt us, especially if Stanton has a strained quad when we go to Toronto, and neither of them can play. I know he's injured right now, but the Blue Jays are never going to have to face Chris Sale in Toronto. Oh, he's not he's vaxxed either. Not oh. vaxxed, not getting it. At least set, says it. That's my whole thing. It's like just me. say it with your chest. He's too probably too skinny. That's probably his. Uh, yeah, the needle just fucking goes right through his arm. <laughs> he's hurt again. Oh yeah, he's hurt again. You said yeah, that. but like, yeah. I mean, it's going to be an advantage for Toronto because yeah. you've got to assume all their players have it. Oh, they have to be because yeah. there's no way you can't get out of you. It's not even like you can just play the home games. You, and you can't travel into America. You can't get out of Florida. Yeah, you can't do shit. They every single support staff, batting coach, ball boy. They would they have, to, have to. The only way you can, you'll know if someone for the Blue Jays is not vaccinated and is just going to play home games because two weeks before their first home game, they'll leave spring training because you can quarantine for two weeks without a vaccine. <laughs> that will be a tell. And look, Judge, by my rough calculations, Judge has three days. To get the J and J shot, if you want to play opening day, they say it's fourteen days. Do they still give out the J and J shot? I thought, yeah, one shot. Uh, I for some reason I thought maybe they stopped giving that out. It's already too late to get the other two. That's our last shot. If they don't, he's got three days to get the J and J shot, uh, assuming they don't repeal this law. Yeah, and then at this point, which from a leadership standpoint, if you get that, maybe you're missing another a day of, or two of workouts, like. This all should have been handled in the offseason. Oh, dude, if he doesn't get the – if he can't play in 81 home games, you might as well cancel Christmas. This team's not going anywhere. <laughs> if if he can't play in the 90 oh, – sorry, 91 games. Might as well trade him. To a team that can use him. I mean that – I have to think they're going to – I feel like the Yankees would have forced him to get it if they didn't think that Levine's thing was going to work. Not forced <laughs> him, but you know, strongly encouraged, whatever word you want to use. I think they would have made sure that he would get it. I don't know if it was Mad Dog or Skip Bayless. Uh, some angry old white guy who yells on TV. One of them was like, I'll give him the shot in his butt myself. <laughs> that sounds like Mad Dog. Like, yeah, you got, like, someone just got to fucking prick him. He, he can do it. Francesco will lock the door and Mad Dog will, will jab him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope this is all for nothing because he got it and, you know, he's being a good leader by covering, you know, for other guys and we were all wrong to jump to conclusions. Like, I would love to be wrong about this. Uh, I'd love for New York City to be able to lift the mandate and, you know, comfortably be able to, to do it because everything's heading in the right direction. But I just think cases were 50% lower or, you know, close to it. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, 40% lower, whatever, 10 days ago, and they're trending in the other direction. It's weird to, you know, Michael K was talking about it. It'd be weird to lift it. It would be weird, and it would clearly be just for the sports. From the uh, from the glass half full perspective, we know that it's always worse, like around Christmas and the winter, at least the past two years. That's when the highest yes. has been. So, like, I don't see it getting back to that point at any point during the baseball season. Maybe next Christmas, there'll be, you know, when it gets cold, there'll be another variant or something. But I, I don't think it'll get back to that level. Well, there's a new variant. Great. 
There's right. a new variant that was making up 30% of the cases in New York. It's like B.02 variant, okay. whatever. I think it's still a mild one, yeah. um, like uh, Omicron. But, you know, there's, listen, it's, it's part of it's political and part of it's science. And maybe it's not as much science as it is political or that it should be. But, like, life's 10% what happens to you and 90% how you handle it. And Aaron Judge is handling it like dog shit. Yeah, this is awful. This is awful. Dude, and it's like it's been two years, man. Like, this isn't a new thing that happened three weeks ago and you're trying to do some research. You had all offseason to look at this. And, and dude, if you can't – he had all offseason to find a legit medical exemption if he really wanted to get creative or do something. He's done fucking nothing apparently. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's a difference in de- delivery. Rizzo says – I'm not discussing it, but it won't be a problem. Judge says, I'm not talking about it. I'm focused on the first spring game. That's great because he's allowed to play in the spring games. Whoop, whoop de damn do. No, no mandate in Florida. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah, no, it's it, it's scary. And it's like, dude, again, he has three days. So you better start worrying about it. <laughs> and then the, the other side of it when it comes to like, I, I don't know how it works. I, I've been really actually disappointed with the like media coverage of this because we get the like oh someone asked him a question you know and oh he didn't give the answer but like what i'm looking for is an in-depth breakdown of how it could affect him because when you can't play in these games you don't get paid you also don't get service time so i don't know if it's so like the season starts on april 7th Right. So let's say he can't play in New York City. Right. So that's one. The next day they're off. It's the middle of the season. He's on the roster, but he's ineligible on Thursday. He's ineligible on Sunday. Does Friday count as an in-season day for him? Is he, you know, in From terms what I of read, he stuff. won't be a free agent if this doesn't happen so, yet. So the date, like what it. Without counting the like in between days, which there are, there's one on the eighth, one on the twenty fifth, where they are in New York. That he uh, does it. I have it out to like, it's like May eighth. If um, all the days count, you know, if off days in a home stretch don't count as him not being on the roster, like he's on the roster for those days. Um, it's like May eighth. If it's not lifted by then, he's he's not eligible for free agency because he won't have accrued the service time. There you go. And then, then we don't have to worry about paying him. Although, are we going to have to play shorthanded for these home games? Because you can't just keep sending him down, calling up people. You well, can- no, he, he just – it's like a um, – he it's like – You play comi- with 24, com- right? Com- no, I think it's like a com- commissioner exempt list. So we can whatever. call somebody up and not burn an option. No, I do believe it. It does burn options. Okay, so that's not sustainable if we've yeah. caught like got yeah. one out of options. So we're essentially we we would be having to play with twenty four. This, this isn't going to work. Something's got to give. This is not going to work. Imagine how annoyed like Cashman and Howe must be. Yeah. We must be thinking, dude, come on, bro. <laughs> of all the shit that we're trying to untangle, we also have to deal with this. Yeah, it's it's scary, and we're gonna. I mean, I'm sure by maybe by next episode, by next Tuesday, we'll know. Yeah, I mean, 
I get it. It's different for like real media. Like they got to go there and stand in the locker face to face with them and and hope to make the connections to get like an exclusive interview. But I feel like there's just so many fucking beat reporters. Like, who gives a shit? Dude, they suck. They're like, oh, JMO, what kind of coffee did you have? Glaber, what video yeah. games are you playing? Like, I don't stop with these like co- they they just like let's these, just like cushy softball questions. Yeah, Aaron, you know, hey, there's the thing. Have you gotten the vaccine? Well, I'm not going to discuss it. Well, all right. Well, there are 3 million people who come to the stadium every year. There are people who are deciding, you know, hey, listen, my kid loves Aaron Judge. My kid looks up to Aaron Judge. Am I going to spend $150 a ticket on opening day for him to come out or not? The same way that NBA players are criticized for, you know, rest between games. Like I think whatever it is tonight, the Sixers are in. Miami and Harden and Embiid are going to sit and there will be like, well, you know, the, the Sixers coming to town and my, you know, my kid loves Joel Embiid. So I got tickets to bring him and now he's not playing or Steph Curry. It just happened. People complain. It's the same thing. You know, there are people who in Kansas City, um, you know, in Baltimore, in Detroit, like these early series are thinking about, do I buy tickets to go see Aaron Judge? Because my kid wants to see Aaron Judge, because he is big, he is good when he's healthy. He tra- he's you know one of the closest. He's the closest thing probably we've had to a superstar since A Rod retired. A Rod was the last superstar in baseball. Um, you know, I think there there is a certain amount owed to the fans. Uh, and I know that the players didn't go on strike. It was a lockout. The owners initiated it. The players definitely kind of handled some things better, but like. The fans are already fucking pissed at the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not the best spot. And same thing with him, like in his extension spot. You don't have a lot of leverage right now. The game doesn't have a lot of leverage right now. Yeah. And I won't discuss an extension in season because it'll be a distraction. And I don't want to be a distraction. What are you doing right now? I'm not talking about how you played in the field because I know if you're out there, I know how you're going to play. It is bad, man. And it's just like you brought up the beat reporters. I feel like we used to have beat reporters that ask like tough, hard-hitting questions. Like they'd go back and forth with Steinbrenner, like guys like George King. And now we have these like, you know, beat reporters that are my age. And again, they're like, what kind of cappuccino did you get today, Tyone? Oh, where did you go? Glaber, how many people did you kill on Call of Duty? Like nobody gives a shit. Yeah. These guys, they all want to be fucking buddies. Yes. I want to win three World Series in a row. Amen. Yeah, I mean, it just, yeah, it's 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 frustrating because with all the concerns that you have of like how are we going to play this year and all that stuff, you know, let's know who's going to play, who's going to be able to play, not because of injury, but because of a personal choice. If Judge can't go, can't play at home games, you know who they're going to call? Number 11, the 39-year-old bald best friend. Brett Gardner. Awful idea. I agree. Awful idea. I've been tweeting about Like, listen, I get it. People love... And so this is... Brett Gardner is a perfect generational example for me. People love Brett Gardner. People are saying, Brett Gardner, he's been the heart of this team. (laughs) And he has been. Uh, For a lot of years, he was the heart of the team. A team that didn't win dick. (laughs) He was the fourth outfielder, maybe fifth outfielder. yeah. 13 years ago on a team that won the World Series. But Jack, he's got championship experience. <laughs> no, he doesn't because he's forgotten it because it's been so long. Now, 
you know, there are people like, you can't just let him. First of all, he's 38. He'll be 39 this year. They left his locker open for him. We are two and a half weeks from opening day. I, I'm sure he is staying in shape. I don't think he got fat or anything like that. But now we're talking about a 38 and a half year old man ramping up in two weeks to seriously contribute on a, at a major league level. Physically not happening, especially after you bat 222 and you're the speedster that stole four bases last year. <laughs> and you can say, well, the Yankees don't steal a lot of bases. Tyler Wade stole 17 bases last year and led the team. We now have a shortstop who stole 20 last year. He would lead the league in stolen bases. We have gotten more athletic. The 38, 39-year-old who already knows how to get to the stadium and like some of the younger guys like him. But every time he gets out, it's someone else's fault, and he's got to throw a fucking temper tantrum. That he's a distraction. He and I'm over the clubhouse. I'm over the clubhouse leadership thing. Where where was the leadership? It hasn't gotten us anywhere. Yeah, it's the bad entire leadership. Team was sulking. They were sulking on the bench in Fenway Park, down two nothing in the second inning. Dejected. Go back and watch it. The, the the game was over. They gave up. Where where was his leadership? I didn't see him running up and down the dugout, getting guys fired up, waking them up. This this whole thing with the clubhouse and how we can't mess with the clubhouse. They have this great chemistry. They're a bunch of nice guys that haven't accomplished dick. And I like that they brought Donaldson in, who's, who's got some edge for that respect. But, yeah, the whole clubhouse thing with Gardner is so overblown. The upside is just not there. He can't hit at all. He can't throw. He's a decent fielder with range. And that's it. That's it. Yeah, he'll jump into the wall. So will Florial. He broke his wrist doing it a couple years ago. <laughs> Remember when Brett Gardner, like, when he, when he made the All-Star game, and it was like, oh, yeah, Brett Gardner, he made an All-Star game. Look at that. The next year he won a gold glove for yes, us. Yes. And it was like, you know, oh, this is the first time because the, the batting practice is going to my name on the back. We didn't have that at Coastal Carolina or wherever I played. I've always been a Yankee. Never had it. That was seven years ago. <laughs> Literally. That was seven yeah. years ago. And people act like it was fucking three weeks ago. I mean, he had the big, like, oh, I'm surprising everyone's season where he hit 23 home runs. With the rocket ball. Yeah. It, it was 2017. It's 2022 right now. And yeah, no, someone no. said today, because I tweeted out that, like, it's not that the Yankees aren't signing Brett Gardner. There are 30 MLB teams that aren't signing Brett Gardner because we're at the point where, like, if Brett Gardner is sitting at home and teams are offering him $3 million to come in and get to play in the major league still, and he's like, well, I'm holding out hope because my locker is still empty down there, then you're a dumb person. Like, that's stupid. Well, I don't think he's the sharpest knife in the world. You got to fucking move on and, like, take that. But no one's offering that. Like, no one – you're not hearing – all you hear is like he'd like to come back to the Yankees. It's a two-way street. So would I. Yeah, right? I want to play for the Yankees. <laughs> I've been around for more World Series than him. Um, and so I said, just a reminder, the 30 MLB teams aren't signing Brett Gardner, not just the Yankees. If you want nostalgia, watch WrestleMania. Stone Cold is coming back. You want nostalgia? Watch that. We're trying to win ball games here. And someone tweeted at me, and I think it was the best. If they could give Mickey Mantle a first basement, Brett Gardner could kick fucking rocks. Yeah, no. Amen. That's a great line, whoever said that. Like, Brett Gardner last year had 39 RBIs. I know he hits at the top of the order. <laughs> batted 222. Four homers? Three? Um, He had 10 home runs. Oh, he did? Okay. He had 10 home runs, stole four bases. 
walked 60 times, had a, had a 327 on base percentage. He got he played in 140 games, 461 plate appearances, 381 at bats, had 86 hits. Like when you see not, when you don't see three digits in there, it's just like oh that's tough. He had four triples. Like I get it, he could still run a little bit, but he's not stealing bases. And when you think about your fourth, fifth outfielder, he's got a, he's rated an eighty-seven speed. Florio's rated a ninety-three. Florio can bat two twenty-two at the major league level, but and field and, f- and, and run field. around in field, yeah. And we can put him and when like when you're on the bench, it's not just like oh you could spell if a guy gets injured. Hey, we have a spot where we can pinch run here, and we got a fucking fast guy who can go get that base late in the game. That's not Brett Gardner right now. I'd rather have Greg Allen, that guy that came up last year and, and played. Yeah, I think he, he went somewhere else already. Uh, okay. Well, the point is there are a million fucking guys making the league minimum that can run around in the outfield and catch the ball and, and run fast. Like it's not some hard commodity that, that we need to find now. Com- comparatively, in it, so that's considered his age thirty seven season. Another guy had an age 37 season where he played in only 131 games. He did get 420 uh, at-bats in one more plate appearance. He had 118 hits. He hit 12 home runs, only stole two bases, hit 281. Um, And this is a guy who won four gold gloves in Five world and a built five world series, no four world series, and that was Bernie Williams. And we told him to take a fucking walk. I remember that we told Bernie Williams was supposed to be a fourth outfielder, ended up playing almost every day, had a great season, and the Yankees said, "You can come back, but it's got to be a minor league deal. We can't promise you anything." Yeah, yeah. And, and he was like, "No, I'm a major league player." And they said, "Go, go find that deal then." And he did not. He played like a year later for Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic, and nothing ever came of it. And people think we owe Brett Gardner an ice cream sundae. And you just named Bernie Williams and Mickey fucking Mantle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's a fucking business. Guess what? If we don't sign Brett Gardner, he's still going to come to Old Timers Day. He's not going to say, like, no, I'm staying home. Yeah, it's the only team he's ever played for. And the arguments every year that I see, like, th- I think it was Joel Sherman was like, oh, well, he had a 340 OBP in the last two months of the season it's like people will reach for anything and I, and after 2020 i remember it was like I think in the playoffs he he went like i don't know four for eight he, you know he got eight at bats and he went and then it's like oh we hit 500 in the playoffs like no matter what, no i matter led what. this team in ninth inning doubles in the month of august <laughs> tom Selleck, mr baseball have you seen Mr. Baseball? No, but it sounds funny. I like oh, that. Oh, Mr. Line. Baseball, Tom Selleck plays for the Yankees, and he gets traded to Japan, and he has to like adjust to the culture That's there. That's funny, yeah. And they have the guy who played from the Allstate commercials who played Pedro Serrano. It's oh, like another yeah, yeah. American over there, and yeah. you know, like he learns it. It's a fun movie. If, you, if you're not doing anything, you get a chance yeah. to watch it. Sounds like, like an easy Sounds like an easy watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You watch like it on your fucking phone. Or, yeah, you watch yeah. it on your phone while you're fucking around. It's, it's funny, but one of the things when he gets traded, he goes, I led this team in ninth inning doubles in the month of August. <laughs> That's what I see Joel Sherman's tweets about about Brett Gardner. But dude, I think we it just feels fucking inevitable that they're like that they're going to do it. The locker's open. You see Hyman and Sherman tweeting about it. It's like this is going to happen. We all know it. I don't think it's going to happen. You don't. Okay. See, I think cuz some clubhouse attendant does. left the fucking locker open. <laughs> You know, I don't think that's coming from Hal. I don't think with all the things going on and needing to build a team, I don't think Brian Cashman, who's trying to get us pitching from Oakland, maybe a catcher from Oakland, like still out there working. And like, you know, Cashman's made some moves. I'm sure he's a busy guy right now. I don't think he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, clubby, not even our major league clubby. 
clubby down here in Tampa. Make sure you leave that open for Brett. I wouldn't <laughs> want him to feel out of place. That's not coming from up on high. Like, that's just a cute little story to get in there. And then, like, yeah, if he comes back, fucking Lindsey Adler and Brian Hoke and Mike, they kept it open for him. And, like, how does it feel to still be in the same locker? And he can say, you know, it took a little longer than I expected, but, like, I'm really glad to be back here. Like, he's not going to contribute. Right now. Do we have, is it, we just have Hicks, Gallo, Judge, and Stan, right? Is the four. And then I think you've got Florial um, competing for it. We okay. just brought in what Marwin Gonzalez, who's infielder, okay. outfielder. He's yeah. stunk the last like two years. But like people are getting upset about us bringing in, um, you know, some like we signed him and like, what the fuck, Hal? It's like these are minor league deals. Yeah, it's, it costs nothing. It's like Jay Bruce. Like if he doesn't make the team, I don't think we owe him anything. Exactly. And then we have um, who NCRTE. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who, hey, he's battled some injuries, you know, and, you know, he had some good seasons with Atlanta. He says he's healthy now. I've seen him moving around a little bit, and, you know, he looks healthy enough. Whether or not he can produce is is what's going to be the question. But, like, that's still, those are better options as a fifth outfielder than Brett Gardner at this point because all of those guys can also hit 222 and – not steal enough bases. They all have more upside. That's the case. Exactly. Gardner and, has such limited upside. And like, listen, Florial, I know, struggled in AAA. He played in like a handful of games and like hit 300. It doesn't really matter, you know, his major league stats. Um, but the upside is more like we've held on to this guy. We haven't traded him because we want to see what he has. You've got to explore. You got to figure out what he is. Is he something or is he not? Because right behind him, I'm sure there's another guy before there's Dominguez. Like, you can only have so many minor leaguers. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm down for anybody but Gardner. Somebody please take that fifth spot so they don't bring Gardner back. Up. I, it's just I don't see how – and, like, maybe maybe Brett Gardner is just saying, like, hey, I'm not willing to take uh, – a major, a minor league deal. Like maybe they offered. And him fine, a minor all right. Deal. Mm-hmm. Go home. But like that's what, like that's what we offered Bernie Williams. And yeah, NCR Day last year, he only played in fifty-two games. I think he had like leg injuries. He hit two fifteen the year before that. In the he played forty-six games in the the short season, but he only hit one ninety. Um, so it's not great. Before that, he was hitting you know two sixty, three hundred four, two ninety-one early in his career. He's apparently he's battled injuries. If he could figure it out, that's great. But he's on a minor league deal. So if he doesn't figure it out, like what people forget is we're already paying Brett Gardner one and a half million dollars this year from these options we don't pick up. The choose La- your own adventure contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, like, yeah, his, you know, technically we paid him 2.8 or whatever it is. We paid him in total last year $5.25 million Ugh, to steal four bases. This is just, depre- this is just depressing. As a speedster. <laughs> four bases. It just doesn't, you know, because that's what you look for at that spot is the versatility to late in the game say, hey, we're going to go on, you know, we can put you in there and you can steal, you know, you can steal a base, you can, you know, get first to third, you know, and I'm not even saying in an outfield standpoint, you know, when we'd have to pull Gary or, you know, hey, it's the ninth inning, Stanton fucking mashes a double, it's a tie game, let's get Florial out there, let's let him fucking run. 
The four steals thing is reminding me. So Michael K, we all know he has like seven things that he says every single game. And one of them is whenever Gardner gets on first, he'll say something along the lines of, you know, he doesn't steal as many bases as he used to, but he's still a threat. I feel like I hear Michael K say that, you know, pretty much every time Brett's on base. And clearly it's not because it's four, four. Yeah. I mean, who is the guy? There is a guy who was on, who won a World Series with the Braves. And the year before he won it with the Dodgers. And he didn't play in a major league game in between. No clue. They have a guy who I forget. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to look it up right now. But he played um, the entire season in AAA. And I think he did that with the Dodgers. Like, he hasn't played in a World Series. He hasn't played in a regular season game in like three years. But he's fast as fuck. And so they call him up. And he's won like two World Series like that. Need somebody faster, man. It's it's not. We need to it. be more athletic, and you know when you've got a, and yeah, is Donaldson more athletic than Geo? Uh, probably not, but like you know, a better hitter, comparable defense, is the um, is I IKF. Yeah, he's a definitely. lot more athletic than he's a lot more athletic than the nobody we had to play fucking shortstop because <laughs> right, Geo right. was going to be our shortstop. Right, and he's way more athletic than Glaber if you want to use last year's shortstop. Yeah. So yeah, man, yeah, man, we'll see. Yeah, man. So I mean, I'm uh, I- I'm excited. You got to be optimistic. You know, you're trying to be optimistic. No choice at this time of the year. I'm sure by you know mid May we'll be we'll have a lot to complain about, but. Right now, this time of the year, it's getting lighter, it's getting sunnier, it's getting warmer. Birds are chirping. We're having fun. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, yeah, I think that's all we got. You can follow Nick on Twitter. At NKirbyNYY. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx. You can follow the show at George's Box Pod. Maybe we'll tweet something from there sometime. Uh, so our intern, Dan, is not uh, coming back. He's, like, he's a big boy. He got a real job. He's got to learn how to... Um, He's got to learn how to, you know, do his job and, and all the stuff that comes with that. So he doesn't necessarily have the time to do this. So if there's someone out there, you're in college, something like that, you want to come screw around, you want to play around on a, a social handle that's got more followers than you, and you can just rip these sound clips and uh, throw, uh, you know, throw something over it to tweet out. Uh, reach out to us, slide in my DMs at JJ from the Bronx. We'll uh, we'll find someone if someone wants to do it. Uh, besides that. You know, keep being mad. Don't buy opening day tickets. They're below face value on StubHub and let them keep going down because you hate this team and you're angry at Hal and it's going to show them. It's going to teach them a lesson. Uh, But until then, you know, we'll see you at the parade.